Jose, I say, Jose, it's time to wake up. Oh, buenos dias, senorita. My siestas are getting shorter and shorter. Hey, Michael, mi amigo, pay attention, it's Joe time. So it is. Pierre, you rascal, you. Let's put on the show. Mon ami, I am always ready, as you say, to put on the show. <whistles> oh, pardon, madame. That whistle was for my good friend, Fritz. Ach, to lieber, I almost fell out of my upper perch. We better start the show rolling. Wait, wait. We forgot to wake up the glee club. <whistles> Welcome to another edition of Dave's Disney View Podcast. To paraphrase what Sam the American Eagle would say, it's a salute to all things Walt Disney, but mostly Walt Disney World. A former cast member, a longtime lover of the parks, and an engineer who enjoys the magic and wonder of it all, Dave brings you his unique perspective about the Walt Disney World Resort. Now please remain quietly seated throughout our tour, and we ask that there be no eating, drinking, smoking, or flash photography. Our podcasters are frightfully sensitive to bright lights. So put on your virtual mouse ears, sit back, and relax, and enjoy the podcast. Please stand clear of the podcaster. Por favor, manténganse alejado del David. Hey everyone, it's Dave again. How is everybody doing? Well, it's uh, time for me to play like Disney Dad again and uh, try and answer your questions about the Walt Disney World Resort. As a reminder, feel free to send me any questions to davesdisneyview at gmail.com. All one word is davesdisneyview. And I'd be happy to uh, try and answer your questions as well. So I thought I'd take some time and run through some of the questions that uh, some of you have and uh, maybe give you a little insight into uh, theme park planning and going to the Walt Disney World Resort. So my first question comes from a guy named Mark who asks, if you had just one day at Disney, what would you do? You know, Mark, that's a good question, and I know um, that's come up a few times, and I, I kind of talked about that a little bit. You know, I'm a big believer in just going up there and really just kind of relaxing and enjoying myself. Um, Magic Kingdom, for me, is always the place I like to go and uh, just kind of sit, kick back, and feel like I'm at home. And uh, sometimes I'll kind of couple that with a trip around on the monorail, you know, I'll go into the park for maybe part of the day and then take a trip around on the monorail and just kind of kick back and relax and enjoy it. That's uh, that's what kind of works for me. Uh, I like to uh, I like to just enjoy it for what it's worth and kind of take in all the scenes. I'll sit on a park bench for a little while and just kind of watch the world go by and enjoy the people uh, as they go by and kind of just entertain myself to a large degree. Now, if I'm with my family, um, sometimes I'll, I'll do the same thing. The Magic Kingdom still works for us because it's always, I think it's the most fun park overall, uh, and that's what I would do. Um, now, I wouldn't make any, you know, wouldn't uh, try to do anything special about dining or do anything unusual. Just try to go in and just um, hit a few attractions and just enjoy myself. Uh, you know, go around and see some things and, and do some different things. You know, if you really don't want to spend the money and go into a theme park uh, for one day, you can always go over to, like, uh, downtown Disney and the, uh, the what used to be Pleasure Island and the west side over there and just kind of tool around over there. You get that sort of Disney feel a little bit without really going into the parks. And I have done that at times, too. Um, as I've said in the past, that's something we used to do at the end of our trips. Uh, when I was growing up, we'd go over there, like, the, um, the day we left and uh, spend part of the day over there. And I still like to do that occasionally. You get that sort of Disney vibe without going into the end of any of the parks. So that's something you may want to consider. 
Now, I got an email from Tracy who emailed me and asked me, um, uh, asked me the question. I'm thinking about heading to Walt Disney World in the early fall and was thinking about going to the Epcot Food and Wine Festival. Do you want to know, is it worth it? You know, that's a, that's a good question. Worth is kind of a relative thing. I enjoy going to Epcot. I enjoy wandering around there. And the Food and Wine Festival, and actually any of the festivals they do, uh, so you have the Flower and Garden Festival and you have some of the other festivals, um, each of them has sort of a unique feel to it. Uh, the thing about the um, Food and Wine Festival is you go around and you walk through all the different uh, countries and different themed areas, and you have a chance to sample some foods and some beverages from different uh, different countries. And there's something kind of neat about that. It's it's kind of a, a neat way to kind of look at the world. It's you know you do something a little bit different than you would normally do. Normally you go to Epcot and you see the countries that are there, in the standing uh, standing locations, and you go on some of the attractions and you have some fun with it. But here you get a chance to kind of like interact a little bit differently. You're going to meet other people who are out there just having the dining experience. You may hook up with some of them. You may take some friends with you and have some fun. Um, you know, you can always buy the, uh, the, the, uh, the prepaid card so you can go around and just sample some of the different food items and enjoy it. It kind of gives a different flavor to the all of, um, all of Epcot. And I think it's just a different feeling when you go around. And I, I highly encourage you to try it. Now, similarly, the... Uh, the uh, Flower and Garden Festival that's uh, coming up here shortly, that's actually kind of fun too. And it's a, again, it's a different kind of thing where you're going around and you see the different topiaries that they put out and you have different presentations about uh, gardening and so forth. And the one difference, the one distinction I'd make is the, one, the Flower and Garden Festival is a little more low-key. You know, you're there and you're kind of enjoying yourself and pretty much everything you do is free. Where um, the, the um, Food and Wine Festival, you're paying for all the food and wine, which which is fine. Don't get me wrong; it's, it has a certain value to it. But it, you know, there's a fine line distinction in there uh, because you're paying for the theme park entrance and then you're paying for all your food and wine on top of it. So you know, it, it's uh, is it worth it? Yeah, I think it is. I think it's a good experience, and you get to kind of try some different things and meet different people and interact with the cast members and other guests and kind of have some fun as you wander around through the different countries and the temporary countries they have set up as well as you're getting the different food items. So I hope that helps you, and I hope you do decide to go. Email me back and let me know if you go and uh, what you think about it. <clears throat> Got an email from a guy named Mike who says, My wife, who thinks I'm crazy and thinks Disney is not a relaxing vacation, I'm with you, Mike, I feel your pain, does not want to go back this uh, coming year, so my boys, 9 and 10, and I are going to try camping in Fort Wilderness. I've stayed there three times before, but never in a tent. What would be the best time of year to do this, and have you given it a try? Well, if you've listened to my podcast, uh, you may have found that uh, last year I did a, a camping sequence. I did a series on camping. I took my boys camping there. My wife didn't want to go to Disney World either, so I took my boys up, and we spent a night, uh, two nights in a tent and had a fantastic time. It was a really good time. We didn't even go into the theme parks, and I would uh, recommend you go back and listen to those actual podcasts to find uh, more information about it. It's in my archive. Just... Um, head through the RSS feed and you'll find it. But I will tell you that um, it's a really good time. Camping in a tent, you know, is not without its perils. As you know, if you've camped in a tent before, there's always you're always at the, in the mercy of the elements. So come prepared. Depending on the time of year, you may need to have a little bit warmer clothes, you know, warmer sleeping bag. You may need to uh, think about rain gear or planning for the potential for rain. You know, the thing about Florida is it's uh, rain is never that far off. So if you come in the spring, uh, you may get some really good weather, or you may get a little bit of rain. If you come in the summer, you're almost definitely assured of getting rain. Uh, you know, that's just the way the, uh, the things work. Um, and if you come in the fall, you're probably going to get some good weather and probably not much rain. Uh, so, you know, it's kind of a when's the right time to come. Well, it really depends on what your schedule looks like and the price point of the camping in that particular week or weekend, um, <clears throat> whether they have a space available. 
those types of things because there's only a finite number of um, uh, campsites available for a uh, tent. So they, um, and they do sell out. So you have to kind of uh, plan it a little bit and just kind of uh, work around a little bit and be a little flexible with your dates. So you just kind of have to run the risk a little bit that it, there's the potential that it could rain or it could be really hot or it could be really cold and you know maybe a little uncomfortable. But the amenities are great. You go over and they have a really nice uh, facility there to, uh, for bathrooms and showers and things like that that are really nice. You know, if you camp before, you know how to kind of work around some of the uh, some of the elements and the rain and stuff like that. You can kind of manage yourself. Um, you know, it's it's entirely possible to stay comfortable and just really take in the magic and enjoy yourself. Um, so my recommendation is, if you can go in the in the late spring or early fall, it's a great time to go because typically you'll find that the weather's nice and uh, there won't be as much rain. So if you can kind of go, you know, in um, in April or so, um, you know, kind of before the crowds get going, sort of after Easter and before Memorial Day, you know, that, so that range of, you know, late-ish April to, you know, to mid-May, um, that's a good time. And then the other time is like um, October, November are really good times to go because you're, you're going to kind of avoid some of the rains and the temperatures are going to start dropping a little bit. So really good uh, times if you, can, if you can work it out to work into your schedule. But it is, um, it's a really good time camping. It's just fun. Uh, and the tent is fine. You know, you bring your own tent, you set it up, and you just kind of camp in it. And you, you stay there as often as you want to. If you drive, then you have the luxury of having the car to be able to drive off in and, you know, go off and do other things. If not, you take the buses and uh, head over to whatever you want to do. So uh, I hope you have a great time camping. I got an email from a Paula who writes and says, Hi, I'm heading to uh, Disney with my husband and our two-year-old daughter. We're staying at the Polynesian. I'm so excited to take our daughter and have some family time. I'm normally a planner, but uh, just planned this trip a short time ago, and I'm stressing out that I'll either forget to pack something or won't have our schedule mapped out in the way uh, that makes, makes the best use of our time, while keeping in mind my daughter's need for an afternoon nap. So I want to ask a few questions. Will we be able to park hop with a toddler, or should we just stick to one park per day? I'm a big believer in when you have a little one in tow, you're going to go at her pace. And uh, so I would kind of not think about park hopping. Stay in one park for the entire day. You're staying at the Polynesian, so <clears throat> a good thing to do would probably be to start at the Magic Kingdom one day and kind of see how it goes. Go at her pace, see how it feels, and then if you want to go back and take the afternoon nap, you can certainly do that. Just hop on the monorail and go back. Then you'll have a feel for what, it, what it's like in that arena of uh, what the, you know, how busy the days are and how she feels and how she wants to go back and take that nap. So I just kind of you know, play that one a little bit by ear because it's an easy trip back from the Magic Kingdom to the Polynesian to be able to take that nap. And then from there, you might want to venture out and try some of the other parks. Now, as I said, I, I wouldn't recommend park hopping because I think that that's just taking on too much. I think you're going to you know, overwork her and, uh, at two years old and she'll probably just get worn out more quickly. But on the other side, Something you might want to consider is, you, depending on how your daughter takes a nap, you may want to think about uh, going ahead and having her take a nap like at the time that you might be deciding to go to another park. So for example, if you were in the Magic Kingdom early in the day and you wanted to go over to Epcot for the afternoon, you might pick the time that she would normally be napping to make that trip over. So maybe she, you know, she falls asleep in the stroller or whatever, if she does, and then you can uh, kind of push over to the bus, get her on the bus, take the bus over to, uh, to Epcot, and then uh, have her put her back in her stroller and let her continue to nap while she's uh, while she's comfortable. Maybe even find a you know a comfortable quiet place on a park bench to sit down somewhere, and uh, you know just kind of you know push the stroller back and forth gently to uh, to kind of help her get a little more sleep in. Because you don't necessarily have to go back to the hotel to take a nap. Now I know every child's different, so you know I don't want to you know 
tell you how to run your how to run it with your daughter and uh, how to how to get her to take her nap. But certainly some children will nap like that, and you can take advantage of doing some park hopping if you really wanted to. But I would say go ahead and gauge it the first day by going to the Magic Kingdom and see how she does. She may you may find that she just gets so overwhelmed that she's going to fall asleep regardless. Um, that she's going to be fine with that. Um, and the other thing I would tell you is uh, just think about you know using the uh, the kid stations that they have. Uh, you know they have these uh, baby changing stations in each of the parks. Go in there, get a breath of fresh air, take a break. You know let her just watch TV for a couple of minutes, whatever park you're in. Um, and then play with a couple of toys that they have in there and just kind of, you know, you catch your breath and kind of get reoriented. You kind of think about how to repack your stroller or your diaper bag or whatever. You get her changed and whatever else, other things you need to do. And you'll probably have a little more comfort in terms of not being so stressed out with uh, having her going around. So just my, uh, just my take on it. Your second question was, are there any parades that we should not miss? You know, I always like to think that whatever park you're in, if you have an opportunity to see the parade, um, kids love the parades. They have a great time just kind of sitting and watching them. So I would say just uh, catch any parade you can. Um, just find a nice comfortable spot and, you know, kind of hang out and watch the parade. You know, put her on dad's shoulders or whatever so she can see really well or sit down on the curb right, you know, close so she can see and uh, kind of relax and enjoy it. The thing about the parades is they really appeal to a wide range of audiences. If you really think about Disney World and, you know, the way they lay out all of the parades, they're all sort of have a certain feel that everyone's comfortable with, you know, and it has a certain familiarity. And you feel good as an adult, and children just love it because they see all the characters and so forth. And I think, um, you know, any one of them you pick would be a winner. Uh, you know, I think you'd, you'd have a great time. Uh, is there a chance of getting into restaurants without ADRs once we arrive? Uh, yes, there is always that chance. What I would do is uh, check in the morning, uh, you know, at, at whatever park you're in, walk over to that location and see if they have anything um, or, you know, see what, see what it looks like. Uh, and sometimes if you get there at a, kind of an off time for a meal, so you're there early for lunch or early for dinner or, you know, later for dinner, you can walk up and sometimes they'll have space available and be able to take you in. You can also call the uh, 407-WDW-DINE once you arrive or from your hotel, call the concierge and work it from there. You can, uh, you can, you can ask for same-day reservations to see if anybody's canceled and there might be something that came open. So that's something that you may want to consider. But I always like to just kind of head over to it and see if something's available. You know, I'm going by a place and I see if maybe they, they have a space available. Maybe it's going to be for later and I have to come back. That's okay. It's still worthwhile sometimes to be able to do that. Uh, is Downtown Disney a place worth seeing with my daughter? Uh, I'd say it is. You know, it's a fun place to go and just kind of hang out and uh, walk around. The uh, World of Disney Store is just phenomenal. They have some things there that are a little more interactive for kids. I know right now the uh, Lego uh, area is closed, the Lego store is closed, but it's kind of a fun place where you can go and just build some Legos and they pick up the, they pick up the bricks and start building a little bit and that's kind of fun. But some of the other stores, the Vinylmation stores and some of the other ones are kind of fun to be able to just kind of wander in and out of and it's kind of, you know, it still has the specter of Disney um, being a little overwhelming in some ways for the kids and really being kind of fun. The toy store down at the end um, is great. Uh, my kids always love to go into the toy store regardless of how old they are because it's just a fun place to walk into. Um, and then uh, do you have a packing list for a toddler? Uh, well, for me, the biggest things are I always make sure that I have um, at least uh, a couple of bottles of water, a couple of juice boxes, um, you know, and I, and I bring some shelf-stable milk because I always, always want to make sure that um, my kids have something that they're going to be comfortable drinking, familiar to them, and I have it readily available. I don't have to go buy it. Uh, and I always bring a couple of snacks. Uh, I have like, you know, the goldfish or the Cheerios or whatever, and I always bring like a couple of cereal bars and different things, and I put those in a container so I always have them ready. So I, I take one of these big um, plastic containers like you get, uh, um, you get pasta sauce in. 
Um, you know, but some t a lot of times you get you can get them in plastic. I'll use those and just fill those up with different things like that, and sometimes fruit leather and different things where it's you know sort of healthy snacks for the kids. And then they have something they can uh, they can have. And with more than one kid, I usually take more than one of those, so each one can kind of have their own. But if you pack some of those things and the juice and the water and all that stuff, you'll have a, a nice assortment of things that'll keep her happy, and uh, let her let her have a little snack. So when she gets hungry or a little feisty, it just kind of keeps her occupied. Because the one thing is, kids get overwhelmed easily, especially when they're at the theme park. Cause there's so many things happening. Uh, so I would recommend that. I'd also recommend make sure you have you know your your usual staple of diapers and uh, and wipes. Um, one of the things I always do is I pack some extra shirts for my kids, and uh, we wear those shirts. Uh, I have them wear the shirts when they're eating something that might be a little more messy. So if they're eating macaroni and cheese or ketchup with French fries or something, it doesn't go everywhere, and I can just take the shirt off, and then I have a nice clean shirt for them to wear. So that's my best recommendation on that. Uh, you know, you want, might want to take a familiar toy for her too, something that she likes to play with, whether it's you know whether it's a little stuffed animal that she likes or whether it's a, uh, a little hand toy that she likes to play with, you know, like the little rings or whatever, something that she can kind of focus on once in a while when she gets a little overwhelmed. It just kind of helps settle them down a little bit. And, of course, if she takes a pacifier, make sure you take at least one of those uh, because, uh, you know, you'll run through those and you'll find that they'll be helpful to just kind of help settle her down a little bit. Oh, no, as always, it's Florida, so make sure you have some sunscreen and a hat because you know, little skin, you know, she'll burn easily. Uh, so uh, make sure you've got that covered. But that's it. Other than that, I, you know, I wish you luck, and I think you'll have a great time. Now, I had a guy named Tony email me and ask me, uh, with free dining coming back around again, now that they're offering free dining packages, um, what do you think of it? Is it worthwhile? And I'm a big believer in uh, I don't like the dining plan. And it's a very simple proposition for me. There's just I don't eat that much food. I mean, I don't eat you know, like a counter service and a sit-down meal every single day and also a snack. I mean, I'll eat the snack and maybe two counter services and that's enough. Um, I think the, uh, the amount of food that's offered with all of that is, is usually too much. And so I'm, you know, I'm stuck with the potential of having extra certificates at the end because I haven't used them all. Especially, you know, if I'm only there for a short trip. Me personally, you know that I go up there for like weekend trips typically and stuff. When I'm up there for a short trip, it's hard to sit there and say, wow, you know, I want to have a sit-down meal every single day because I'm going to miss out on something. I want to go around and be able to do things. And the sit-down meal may take an hour or the better part of an hour, where a counter-service meal I may be done in like half an hour and I don't have any waiting time and I just get my food and I move on. So for me personally, I don't find that it's worth it for the amount that I spend on food anyway. Even if I have a sit-down meal, I still come out ahead myself by not doing that. And the, the kind of the parallel part to that is the fact that you know, you're buying it as a package. So you're buying the room, the tickets, and the, and the dining package for one set price. So you're getting quote unquote free dining, but you're paying full price for the hotel or the, um, uh, and, and, the, uh, and, the, and the theme park tickets. I have an annual pass. I don't necessarily need the, uh, that, uh, having, the, having the, 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 the tickets. So that changes the pricing structure and I can't get the free dining. So it's, it's really a value proposition for me. And I just look at it like, you know, I think I can do better value-wise uh, to do it another way. Now, if you're there for a longer trip or you really want to enjoy it and you want to take the leisurely time to sit down and have a sit-down meal every day and that's, you know, that's comforting to you, then by all means, I think it's worth it. It's just a question of, for me, you know, in the entirety of the picture, I don't know that it's worth it for me. And that's why I kind of, uh, I don't do it. But you may find that it's extremely useful for you. It, it certainly has a value to it. And I think it's worthwhile if you're going to be there for a longer trip and you like to have the leisurely nature of sitting down and eating. And finally, we have a, uh, an email from Linda. She says, we've decided that we want to try a sit-down breakfast on our next trip. The trouble is we have no idea where to go. 
We're going to be there for our honeymoon on this trip, so we can't decide between something that would just be fancy and tasty or some sort of character breakfast. Can you give us any suggestions? Well, first off, congratulations, Mazel Tov. Um, you know, I hope you have a, a great marriage and, uh, you know, you enjoy the wedding. And uh, going to Disney World for a honeymoon is a great idea. You know, you get the uh, bride and the groom hats, the Mickey ones, and you can walk around and people will make it sort of like a large party for you. You'll have a great time. People will just be, you know, catching up with you and going, hey, congratulations, and, you know, t walking up to you and, and talking to you. And I think that makes it more fun, you know, because it becomes much more than just you uh, being there on your honeymoon and kind of being quiet about it. You know, everybody will kind of take part and make it just a little bit more special. And I'm sure you'll get some extra magic uh, when you go to different places and when you go to the hotel and they know it's your honeymoon, they'll, they'll take care of you. So uh, I think that's a really great, uh, great way to spend your honeymoon. Now as to your question, what to do for a sit-down breakfast? Well, there's a couple of places you can go and have a nice, you know, kind of quiet, more intimate sort of sit-down breakfast. And that, there's something to be said for that. And if you have the opportunity, I would encourage you to, to check a couple of places out and uh, just go in there and have a nice, uh, nice sit-down breakfast. Of course, you can always just go to the hotel, you know, quick service area and get eggs or pancakes and coffee and just kind of hang out. Or you can go to a couple of places and get a pastry and a, and a coffee and just kind of hang out. And you can go sit by the pool or sit by... Uh, you know, uh, sit out somewhere and just kind of watch the world go by and just kind of enjoy it that way. There's a certain leisurely feeling to that that also has a certain uh, intimacy, if you will, where you can kind of spend some time and just kind of enjoy it. You know, if you're staying, depending on where you're staying or what you're doing, you could always go over to like the Grand Floridian, you know, get yourself something and then go sit out over on the beach area there, right? Uh, you know, so you could do something like that. Or similarly on the Polynesian, you could do something like that. So you can kind of take it in and enjoy it. Now, you know, there's also, like I said, there's a couple of other sit-down restaurants that are really nice um, where you might find that you really enjoy doing it. But you may want to do those more for lunch or dinner. I mean, you know, like you go to Artist Point or you go to uh, the Top of the World at the Contemporary, uh, what's it called? California Grill, excuse me. I'm still calling it Top of the World. Uh, or a couple of other places like that that you might really enjoy. I also recommend Boma as a great place to go for either breakfast or dinner. It has a certain nice charm to it, and the food's really good. Um, so you might want to try that. Now, as for the character breakfast... Those are always fun. Every one of them is fun. Some of them, I think some of them are a little more fun than others, and some of the food is better at some than others, but overall, I think they're all fun. And, you know, you shouldn't worry about going without kids. My wife and I, when we first got married, before we had kids, we, we ate at a couple of character breakfasts, and we had a great time. It was just fun to kind of sit there and enjoy ourselves and watch the uh, characters come by and, you know, just have some fun interacting with them, even though we were adults and we were just acting like kids. Um, and there's a certain charm to that. And the food, you know, typically is really good. And, you know, you can, you can get something that you really enjoy. And, you know, it, it makes some memories too. You know, take some pictures of you uh, and your husband with the characters. And it's kind of fun. And make sure that they know it's your honeymoon too. And they'll, they'll make it a good time for you. You know, they'll make it a little more interactive and fun for you. So don't overlook that. Um, and one of the places I, I like to go is um, uh, the Contemporary at Chef Mickey's. I think the food is good, and I, I like the uh, the range of characters they have because Mickey's there and, and uh, everybody. So that's kind of fun, and I really enjoy that. And, uh, you know, if you get a later um, seating, uh, you won't have as many people there, and you can kind of take it a little more leisurely and relax, and, you know, you'll get a little more character interaction and have some fun with it. So something to consider. I also really like the Crystal Palace um, with uh, Pooh and Friends. That one's kind of, it's, it's got a nice feel to it, and uh, you can sit down and relax and enjoy there as well. Well, I hope that gives you a little bit of an idea on what you could do. Um, and again, congratulations, and you know, I hope you, hope you guys have the best, and have a great vacation on your honeymoon. Wow. 
So that's it, guys. Those are the questions I've got that I wanted to answer this uh, time around. Um, as always, if you have additional questions and you'd like to have them answered by me, uh, feel free to send me an email to davesdisneyview at gmail.com. Of course, it's all one word, davesdisneyview. And uh, I'll help uh, you, know, you with your uh, park-related questions, your Disney-related questions. I'm happy to help out and you know, be a part of uh, your planning. As I said, I, I feel like I'm kind of a Disney dad in some way because I've got all this knowledge and I'm just trying to help share it in some way with, uh, with those of you that listen to this podcast. And if you enjoy the podcast, feel free to send me an email. Let me know. Um, I'm just curious what people think. You know, I, I know I've got a lot of listeners out there. I hear the occasional comments back. You know, obviously I get some questions once in a while, but I'm always curious what, uh, what people think of the podcast. So feel free to interact with me. I'm happy to, uh, to take suggestions. If there's anything you'd like to hear on a future podcast, I'm happy to, t uh, to work with you on that. Uh, and uh, I'll come up with new, new topics and new things that I'd like to present. Um, so, you know, that's, that's where I am. And that is my podcast for this time. I'll talk to you again soon. Bye now. Most of the music you're hearing on this podcast is from a friend of the show named Craig Brown. Craig does a number of things in the techno space. You can find Craig's music on myspace.com slash sound A as an apple. And my thanks also to Doug over at geekacres.net for his rendition of a Jack Wagner classic. And now we've reached our destination in the 21st century. Yes, I know, it went by so fast. But don't worry, because the future is always in front of us. Thanks for riding with us. Please collect your personal belongings and step onto the moving platform. The platform and your car are moving at equal, yet opposite speeds, so watch your head and step. If you have questions, comments, thoughts, concerns, or would just like to ask Dave a question about Disney planning or anything else, send him an email to davesdisneyview at gmail.com. And now, I gotta be moving along. He's looking for a little more adventure I'm heading for a little bit of fun now He's hoping for a little more excitement Time to be moving along It's time to be moving along Time to be moving along